Good afternoon, everyone. This is Bob Turner coming at you live out here in Yarmouth, Maine. We're, uh, this is the Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things podcast. And as you guys know, we, uh, we're out looking for people that are doing cool stuff. Um, and it happens that we've been mostly in the, the health and fitness and wellness area uh, and also entrepreneurial area. So today we've kind of got all of that uh, here with Allison Gray. Uh, she's a She's an owner practitioner here at North Star Holistic Medicine. Uh, she's a nurse practitioner and has been in it about 16 years and started in labor delivery. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's interesting. We'll talk about that. <laughs> I didn't have that on my notes, but maybe we'll talk about that. So uh, she's passionate about health and wellness. Uh, I'm a client. I'm coming over here and, and working with her because, I, you know, frankly, I'll just tell you guys I've felt like trash for the last year and a half or so. So we've been back and forth trying to figure that out. and. And made some headway. Um, she's just passionate about health and, and wellness. Um, she loves snowboarding, cooking, being in nature, and MMA. Yeah. <laughs> it's a common blend. <laughs> Good coffee and spending time with family and animals. So, yep. um, yeah, so thanks for doing this. I uh, appreciate it. We me. chatted about this last week or the week before and yep. was telling you kind of what I've been up to. And, and uh, I said, hey, you know, you ought to be on the podcast. So, so here we are. Here uh, we we're are. over here in Yarmouth in her <laughs> office. We kind of rearranged things, and uh, we're just going to talk about uh, kind of wellness, really, I guess, and and uh, some of the challenges that, that people are having, and, and that Allison's seeing, and um, and kind of what it's like to, to be in her business, and uh, and so forth. And you know, as you know, wherever it goes, it goes. So, yeah, tell us yeah. a little bit about yourself. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having here. me. And I love it. And I love that you're doing this because um, you know. Going out on a limb and doing new things, I think, is what life is all about. Sure. So, um, yeah, I um, I am really passionate about health, wellness, prevention. Um, I grew up in a family that was very holistically minded, so that was kind of my foundation, and I think that that has really shaped a lot of my understanding of health. As I got older, um, you know, I worked some different fields, but when I came to medicine. I kind of always knew that I would do things probably more holistically. Um, It's always how I felt, you know, drawn in even when I was in nursing school. I've worked in conventional models, so I really understand what those worlds are like. Um, And I understand their limitations. Um, I, you know, I I think there's a lot of great healthcare practitioners who want to do more holistic stuff, but they just aren't given the ability to do that. Define holistic. I mean, we've both used that word three or four times since we started. So if somebody's watching, holistic means. Yeah. You know, holistic to me and within the like root of the word is really the whole picture. So to me, holistic is, you know, not only your physical health but your emotional health your environment around you you know what's your home life like like i can't even tell you how many people that they come and see me and they are working jobs that they hate and they're miserable day to day but you know they're taking their supplements and they're doing all the right things and it's amazing what symptoms clear after they get out of those environments Um, i don't think we do a great job helping people understand how much those things impact our physical health and we're learning that now we're learning you know Childhood health, when we grow up in more stressful environments, actually can lead to you know high blood pressure, cholesterol issues. <clears throat> we can go back and address those things. It's just we have to understand that that's there at the root. So the holistic model is really looking at the big picture. What are all the possible arenas that could be addressed to help a better balance and also understanding those underlying causes. So a symptom is really like the body's communicating with us. Something's okay. off, right? Yep. 
And then the question is not just give you a medicine to treat that symptom, because that might fix that leak, but it's not getting to the actual downstream problem. And that I think is really in the holistic model of, you know, using things that aren't going to necessarily cause more problems, but also getting to the root cause of things. Is that what attracted you to the holistic approach was being able to kind of look at, look at it holistically. You're looking at somebody's environment. You're looking at yeah. everything that stimulates them during the day, how they're sleeping, what's going on in their personal yeah. life as you know, contributing factors to how they might be feeling, right? Totally. Yeah. And I think that is, I've always just had this belief. And again, I think it's probably just from my upbringing um, that the body is meant to be in balance and vital yep. and functional. And when it's not, it just means there's something out of balance. But philosophically, I believe wholeheartedly, and I've seen it over and over, that if given the right environment and if given the right tools, the body knows what to do. Right. And so we kind of have to just get out of the way and help address the things that aren't helping. And that's different for everyone. So when you go in a conventional model and it's like, this symptom means you give this thing. It's very cookie cutter. When you look at it holistically, you can really individualize that care. Huh. Okay. Um, change of gears for a second. What's your, you're here, you've got your office, yeah. um, your North Star Holistic Medicine. Yep. Um, what's your business model and what, who's your ideal client and talk a little yeah. bit about that. It's so funny. I've had that term ideal client before. I don't think I have like an ideal client. I have areas that I think I've kind of started to specialize in because of the, the mm -hmm. types of people that come to me. Um, hormonal health is a huge area of focus for me. And as weird as it sounds, I think I've always been drawn towards like sexual health, reproductive health, um, because I really believe that like I have a comfort level with talking about it. And I believe that we don't do a great job with it in medicine. And because of that, people are prevented from accessing things that would help them like hormone balancing that also affects other things like heart health, right. brain health, bone density, body composition, mood, sleep. So all those things come from balancing hormones, but because there's like this like weird block to it in conventional medicine, people aren't able to address those things. And of course it affects sexual health too, but I think because of my comfort and my interest and in knowing that that can be such a good tool, that's a huge part of my practice. I have a whole hormonal health program. It's rare that someone comes to see me and we only address hormones. Right. We, I, you know, I look at a comprehensive panel of labs. I want to see, are you nutritionally sound? Are your nutrients in line? You know, what's your thyroid? What's your cholesterol? All that stuff. We still look at the traditional labs, but I just kind of take a more holistic approach so with it. I know the answer to this, but for those that are watching, you take, you do blood work. Yep. Okay. So that the yep. process is, oh, you come in, you introduce yourself, <clears throat> chat, have a meeting do some blood work, come back a week later, yes. and th then you get the, the talk, right? <laughs> then you get the two-hour interrogation. No, right. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> I do, like, it's, it, I do go really deep into a lot of questions, as yeah. you know. You know, it is literally from birth. How were you born? Were you breastfed? You know, did you grow up in a stressful environment? Like, all those things really matter because they're at the crux of long-term health. Right. So, yeah, we go really deep, but that first visit gives me such a good foundation to work from. So if, as we're moving forward, we're not making progress, then I can go, okay, what are the other clues? What are the other puzzle pieces that might be going on? Um, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, okay, someone grew up in a moldy house and, okay, they still have this symptom, they still have this symptom. Well, let's go down the road of addressing mold stuff and see if those symptoms improve. But I'm pretty methodical. Like, I like to kind of do one thing at a time. So some of this stuff <clears throat> can couple with mental health. 
right? So yes. you must have a network of people that you refer people out to when it starts to get kind of beyond your sphere of influence, if, if that's the lack of a better term. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm always really grateful. I have a pretty big toolbox of people that I yep. like to utilize as um, support or even if I ever feel like, okay, I, we've gone as far as we can. I'd say it's rare that happens because usually I can still do supportive stuff. But yes, I have no qualms about saying, you know what? The tools I have, we haven't been able to get where we want to go. Let's try this. Let's try that. Sure. Um, I would say that toolbox of people involve anything from like conventional to very like out there stuff. Yeah. And it really just matters, you know, what's the person like? What would they feel called towards? Like I like to lay out the options and see what people feel drawn to. Because again, I believe people really know what they need, you know, if we right. just kind of give them the options. And <clears throat> sometimes when someone's having an issue, it may it may manifest in, say, lack of sleep, but it's really that their job sucks yeah. or their relationship is terrible or you stop the foot. Like in my business, we, we don't look for where the water stain is in the ceiling. We look for where the water might be coming in in the roof. So totally. it doesn't always show up where the issue is, I guess. A hundred million percent. Yeah, that analogy is perfect. That's that upstream view. Right. Um, if you keep just chasing the water stain, it's like, yeah, you might paint over it, but you're going to get worse and worse and worse until you finally address that. Treating the symptom. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, <clears throat> how did COVID affect your business and what you do and the advice you were giving and people you're seeing, all that stuff? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because actually COVID probably was the catalyst that allowed me to open my practice. Um, as weird as that sounds. So for me, because I decided to open my practice in the middle of a pandemic, I started in June of 2020. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of people probably been like, what are you crazy? <laughs> it does. But the benefit of starting when we really were only doing telehealth was that my startup cost, I could do telemedicine and I didn't have to have like a brick and mortar at first. Right. And I was able to grow into it. And then you saw the old spot where I was, I grew out of that. And then it felt more like an organic progression. Um, with COVID, it was a really interesting time because, you know, there was so much more unknown and fear and changes in life situations and um, uncertainty about a lot of things that that definitely came up in a lot of visits. Yep. And I think now we're still seeing residual things that are like an entirely different subset, um, but definitely came through. Um, but in a way it actually, you know, it, it, I would never say it was like a good thing, but for me, for my practice, it actually allowed me to open it in a much more streamlined way. So, yeah, it's really, it, <clears throat> for one reason or another, it seems as though, uh, yeah, you can play, I mean, you get a flat tire in your cough, ah, COVID, you know, everybody's, <laughs> everybody's blaming COVID yep. for everything. We <laughs> yeah. can't find subcontractors, guys oh my work gosh. all day where you got, pay, you know, hemorrhaging money to get jobs done because just everybody seems like they're sideways. It ha yeah. it flipped everything on its head yeah. for sure. It was yeah. And I'm you know I'm a I'm not a big excuses guy, but I I can it all traces back to COVID. Yeah. You know everybody's seems like everybody's head just spun around backwards, and whether people are getting paid to stay home and they're just yeah. staying home, or whether they're they just don't want to work, or I yeah. don't know what it is, but or maybe there's a lot more anxiety and depression because of COVID than there ever was. And are you seeing that? Um, yes. And I honestly think that especially in like our adolescent population, yeah. I think it's an undiagnosed kind of, um, you know, its own little pandemic in and of itself. Yeah. And I believe honestly, so I think there's a lot of layers to it as usual. It's rare. I would say like, oh, it's just one thing. 
a big part, I think, is that when COVID hit and we all were just staying home, we were out of our normal routine, right? So we're staying up later, sleeping in longer, not going outside for some people as much. So you get out of that circadian rhythm, right? You don't get that. People are drinking more too, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, But I'll have a whiskey. It's Tuesday night. I'll have a whiskey. Totally. Or sourdough bread every day, you know? It's like, (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong, sourdough has a place, but maybe not daily. Um, But yeah, so out of routines, right? Now, some people that might have been a good thing. I think there's a lot of people that found when they had the opportunity to get out of their toxic kind of situations, they were like, you know what? Life is short. Like, I'm going to do something different. So there were those people. And then there were other people who it really threw them for a loop to be out of their routine that was healthy for them. And so for kiddos, right. like they were getting up in the morning, you know, getting out some sunlight, socially interacting, burning some energy during the day, coming home, you know, in their rhythm. That came to a halt. And I think that missing that morning time to be active, which is what our bodies are kind of geared towards. And that happened for a lot of people too, not just teenagers. That on top of unknown, right? right? We live in a culture where you just Google something, you get an answer real quick, and we know what's going to happen. Right. Well, you take that out of the lineup, and that's like a stress hormone, you know, party because, yeah. again, for some people it wasn't that big a deal, but for other people it was incredibly stressful. Well, that was, uh, you touched on stress. That was one of my next questions here. Um, you know, every, it seems like everybody's more stressed than ever. And I know just personally, just Trying to run a business, get guys paid, you know, get yeah. work, move money, everything. And, and sometimes totally. I just sit and go, okay, what is the next biggest thing I need to deal with? And yeah. then <clears throat> go to bed at night, and I'm not a stare at the ceiling kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, eh, did the best I could today. Totally. Screw it, we'll get up and do it again tomorrow. But I know there are people that aren't like that. Yeah. And, and I'm, still, I'm still stressed, but I it kind of comes out in different ways, right? Whether you're biting somebody's head off or whether you're, you know, ah, I'll just eat pizza. Right, I'm those coping pizza, go, 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 Drink beer, whatever, eating for comfort. What, what do you see with people with regard to their behavior around stress? Yeah, I mean, again, it's so different for everyone, but I think there are some people who, again, because of like our upbringings and societal expectations, some people are in that kind of nurturer fixer mode Mm -hmm. and for those people you know they carry the weight of everyone else in their life on them which of course is not healthy um, but sometimes they don't even realize they're doing it Um, and you know their worry for other people is probably only hurting them and not helping anything and then there's people like us right who we own a business and we're responsible for other people and that hamster wheel could go 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 all the time because that to-do list never ends So understanding where your particular stress level comes from and also your patterning of how you, how, how are you shown to deal with stress? Is that how you are dealing with it? Is it healthy for you? The question is, is like, are you dealing with stress? Well, well, the question would be, are you sleeping well? Do you have good energy during the day? Do you feel balanced mood wise? Do you feel a little snappy? Um, it could be one aspect and stress I think can show up as like, a lot of different things too, like you said, like overeating, um, you know, anxiety, depression. Sometimes you hit a wall where like you can't take anymore and you just shut down. And sometimes it's probably the best thing we can do, but we just need to do it maybe in a more balanced way consistently so that you don't have to hit that wall to do it. So <clears throat> when people talk about stress, they say, oh, my, my cortisol, my cortisol levels yeah. are up, you know, and I, I talked one of the guys that we interviewed, Mike Foley, and Foley's comment was, <laughs> I think I told you this, Foley said, uh, stress, uh, stress doesn't have calories. 
you know, and so he, he and Mike's right. He's okay. Yeah, however, right. <laughs> however, stress brings a lot of other little friends, right. things like cortisol or lack of sleep or, you know, poor eating habits yes. or uh, drinking or all of those things, you know, um, what about cortisol and how does it, how do you, how do you, how can you just naturally lower it or uh, keep it from spiking and all that? What happens right. when cortisol? That's such a good question. And I get a lot of people who ask me about doing stress hormone testing mm -hmm. and there's a saliva test that's pretty accurate. I find it to be pricey for what we find out because what happens is cortisol is meant to be released in certain levels at certain times of the day. It's what we call your circadian rhythm. So around three to four in the morning, it should come up. It should continue to rise throughout the morning. We balance out a little in the afternoon, kind of plateau. And then as the late afternoon comes, it should dip down. And then we start all over again, middle of the night. Um, when I used to work nights as a labor nurse, I swear to God, I'd be exhausted three or four in the morning, we'd roll around, boom, I'd get like, i be like, all right, I'll go stock rooms. People you know? call it their second wind. Yes, right? I mean, it wouldn't last, unfortunately. But anyway, right. I, I remember feeling that. So when you're in balance, your cortisol is released at the time it's meant to be released. You have good energy during the day, you sleep well at night, that sort of thing. So like to your point with what are the effects of when cortisol is out of balance? Well, you're right. So if you're not sleeping well, we know that that can lead to weight gain. That's, yeah. that's a, you know, it's a clinical understanding. Also, when you're not sleeping well, your neurotransmitters are off. So your body is amazing and it's built to try to balance and it's always trying to find ways to help you. So one of the things it will do is it will say, well, okay, dopamine's low or serotonin's low, like how do I fix that? Oh, well, if I eat this pastry, I'm gonna get an endorphin rush, right? That's so there's smart. a that makes sense, right? And it and it works, but it yeah. not, might not be the best, right? You know, strategy. Short-term solution to a long-term problem. Exactly, right? and then it will have its own kind of side or it's effects. The coffee, <laughs> right? And it could yeah. be coffee, right? So so in the afternoon when people are reaching for a sugary snack or a caffeine, it's like that cortisol level that should be probably here might be way down here. So how can we help that? Well. You know, with sleep, we have options of supplements that do support cortisol at nighttime and also mindfulness practices. Like literally, you could Google a 10-minute meditation on YouTube, right? I tell people this all the time, like it does not have to be like an hour in the chair because though it would be really beneficial, not a lot of us have time for that. Yeah. So Google the 10-minute meditation. We know with studies with brain scans that the cortisol levels that are too high come down after only 10 minutes of meditating. Contemplative practice, right? Yeah, yeah. and consistency. <clears throat> like so you consistency must be a big fan of yoga. I do love yoga. Personally, um, I used to practice yoga a lot, and then I got more into actually mixed martial arts. I love yoga. It's huge for... Um, <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> don't worry, I'm not that good, uh, and I've been trained in like a year. Um, uh, it's it, yoga is actually though it really is like it's like the broccoli of exercise, right? Like it gets right. you physically in shape, and it also really helps re-regulate stress hormones and neurotransmitters. So yeah. if you could do one thing to help, that's huge. I've done a few times. I've done the hot yoga. Yeah. This is a vinyasa. Or yeah. I, I I totally believe if I just went in there and laid on the floor for an hour and a half and did nothing, I'd come out in a better slot. <laughs> totally. Right. I'd be. Yeah. Yes. Sweat, but I mean, I don't need downward dog for 15 minutes totally. or warrior one or whatever. 
All that stuff's good, but I'm serious. If I went in there and just laid on the floor for an hour and a half, I think I'm in a better spot when I leave. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. something called yin yoga, which is literally just that. Yeah. And honestly, I think you can even take yoga to an unhealthy place. Because right. when you go in with that competitive mindset of like, uh, even if it's just with yourself, right? It's yeah. like you kind of lose the, you well, know, this the, guy over the here, he's got himself it. twisted yeah. into a pretzel and you're like, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> you're not doing that. You know, I'm it's not humbling doing though. Yeah, That's the thing because you really can like, you know, it does probably allow you to accept yourself more where you are. Yeah. I mean, some things like that help you to get more balanced, right? That's yep. really what we're talking about is just balance or homeostasis as they Definitely. call it, right? So maybe some yoga or maybe massage, Yeah. you know, um, that kind of stuff. Just um, self-care really because we, we all just have our foot, you know, right on the gas all the time. I know I do. Yeah. I mean, I was brushing my teeth the other day, texting guys to, yep. to go here and go there. And I'm like, wait, what am I doing? You know? Uh, and there's some things that, you know, I've heard of different coaching groups. I'm with it. Like, don't look at your phone until you like get up, do your stuff, read your, you know, your affirmations or whatever you want to do. Totally. Before you take this thing and just start going yep because then oh, when it's yeah. up here it doesn't come back totally you know and it can be brutal you know yeah and i think that it's kind of like sweeping stuff under the rug right eventually there's a big lump there right, right. And for, i think at least for me then that's when things go sideways totally yeah like, i'm stressed i'm stressed yeah instead of just dealing with something like um you know i was talking with a good friend of mine this week and she was saying externalize that stuff if you have a problem that you know you you're having a hard time fixing externalize it don't internalize it don't as take the, anything the, personally that i suck yeah that what i do right and yeah how do you deal with that when you've i mean you've got a variety of different people coming in here oh right? yeah so you can't fix everybody you can help i can't and, no i'm just kidding right? so, <laughs> i know i know i know but they but they all also you know for lack of a better term, throw up on you with all of their issues and problems and things. <laughs> How do you shake that off at the end of a day? And what do you do for, for self-care and, and be able to continue to help people without going down the drain yourself? That's a really good question. And I think I've gotten better with that over time. Um, I have realized even early on in my healthcare career that I really... I really can't take things home. I mean, right. in labor and delivery, it's a whole different world, but there's a lot of emotional stuff that can happen oh, there. Sure. Um, I think I have, I think honestly, probably because of my belief that like the body is really meant to heal and it's meant to do what it can to bring people into balance. And because I've been doing this long enough, a lot of times, like I really do feel that when we start our program together, whatever version that looks like with people, you know, I never have expectations. I always tell people, reach out if you need anything, but I in my heart of hearts, I believe like, okay, you know, they're, they're going to get better from this. And if not, I know we have other tools to work with. So I really have faith in the process, right. but I also do really believe that like, it doesn't help for me to worry about people. Like that only hurts me. I, right. My worry doesn't help them get better. Yep. If anything, it probably makes them get worse, you know, and it doesn't do them any good. And for me to be able to be vital and find balance in my own life is going to make me a better practitioner and more present and more healthy for people. Um, when people are really like i've had i've definitely had scenarios and even of recently where someone had such a severe thing going on that i was in contact with them at first all the time and i did have a little bit of worry and that doesn't happen often but it was like something where it felt like we had to work together really closely to keep things on the right track if that happened all the time like that would probably sink me but because i don't do that all the time it gave me the energy i think to be able to do that um 
I feel that because of the intake being so comprehensive and because I try to really educate people about their own bodies, that it empowers them and they can kind of also trust in the process. And that's a huge part of it. Sure. I mean, I can speak from personal experience coming over here, spending a half an hour with you, walking out of here feeling a little bit better just because I did that, Aww. you know, uh, or like you feel like, okay, I got somebody on my team, you yeah. know, where, you know, from my, and my experience was, you know, and I'll tell you guys, is I was just waking up feeling trashed, just trashed, like worse than wake up. And I, and I told Allison, I feel worse when I wake up than I did when I went to bed, yeah. you know, so there's something wrong there. Totally. So we're, we're figuring that out and, you know, looking at my stuff. And it's been kind of fun too, to, to see like, okay, here's your levels yeah. and here's what we're looking at. And without getting into the details, totally, I can tell you that it's can be eye opening uh, when you really look at the blood work yeah. and what's going on. And just because something says it's in a normal range, right. like I had stuff that was in the range, but it was down in this lower third of the lower third. Totally. Well, there's all this range over here. Maybe we can get there, yep. you know, uh, and feel better. So maybe it's a combination of things. So I've been, I've Always. enjoyed being able to be part of the process, not just as a client, but say, Hey, what about this? Or what about that? Or this is how I'm feeling you know, when I get this much sleep or whatever. Totally. So, um, so it's been good. And, and so if you're doing that for other people then that's, that's pretty solid too. Well, and know? giving people hope too, because yeah. it's not like I'm just saying it to like give them hope. It's like, I genuinely believe what I'm, what I'm doing. Right. And when you've been to other providers and you've been told everything's normal, everything's normal, but you feel awful, you start to feel crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a guy that anybody that's watching this knows that I'm, I'm pretty active and you know, yeah. I like to run, bike, swim, do triathlon, all all that stuff i couldn't even like stomach the thought of getting on my bike and riding yeah. 50 miles on a saturday or whatever the bikes on the trainer i look at them like totally so not there right now you know yeah. so when i know i'm feeling like that it's time to turn the dials and that's especially when it's of... so out of proportion for you like yeah. it was so different yeah exactly because i i mean i get a lot i like to get a lot out of a day i'm, I'm a like hey i'll sleep when i'm dead kind of guy but <laughs> We can work on I'm having to adjust that a little bit. Yes, I've learned but, the word modify. Yeah, you know, and, it's a hard and, one. Yeah, you hit 50 and you. things start falling off. I'm telling you, it's not good. It's yeah. not good. Getting older is not fun. So um, anyway, so this field that you're in, is it a good field? And what is the career path? And if there's a young person that's, that's watching this and she said, it looks like a really cool job. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Where do they start? Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, well, I feel really lucky to have found a path in medicine that really aligns with my values, but also helps me really help people. And I believe wholeheartedly that most people going into medicine really are out there wanting to help people. But because of our profit-based system, which is not the case in any other developed nation in the entire world, I won't get on that soapbox, but <laughs> it 1 million percent causes the health poor health outcomes we have comparatively. I mean, we fall really, really low on the scale of who's the healthiest in the world. The United States with all this technology and all this access is really low. All those other developed nations that have access to, um, you know, uh, paid family leave so moms can breastfeed, we know that's the best thing for babies. You know, they're well cared for. People don't have to stress about losing their home because of insurance, all that. That kind of stuff like impacts health greatly and it impacts our medical model. So when people go into medicine, they can learn how to help people. Our model currently is very much based on a pharmaceutical model. Right. You know, you have this symptom, you give this pill, but you have all these other issues. I really believe that this functional medicine pathway, and there's some other, you know, integrative, there's other, there's other pathways. I, 
I like the functional medicine model because it's still sciencey yeah. and it's holistic all at the same time. Um, but I, I love this model. In order to get there, you have to go through a lot of conventional kind of indoctrination. However, I feel like I really appreciate everything I learned. First of all, I'm like a total nerd for like anatomy and physiology and all that. That was really amazing to learn more about. And going through all of the more conventional training allows me to understand when I'm working with people and they're like, here, I'm seeing this doctor and this doctor and this doctor. It's like I get what they're working on and I understand the physiology of what that provider's thinking. So if you wanted to do a medical pathway, but also have it be more holistic. There are functional medicine certifications and that sort of thing. There's tons out there. Yeah. Um, I lucked out because I ended up, it was almost more of kind of an apprenticeship situation, but the person I trained with when I first got out of school taught for like the Institute of Functional Medicine. So I was almost so you, like yeah. immersed in it. Yeah. Um, but you know, the core health values, you might have to do more than just go to like regular, you know, nursing school or medical school, whatever pathway you decide, you probably need to do more to add on to it. Um, you, you know, you have to just, I think a lot of people do a lot of like, I should do this. I should do that. Right. Like in nursing school, they're like, you have to do a year of med surge when you get out of school. Don't do a specialty. Like it literally was like, you had no choice. And I'm like, forget that. Like I'll be miserable in med surge. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I found a hospital to do my practicum that I knew hired new grads because it meant that much to me to go into labor and delivery. Yeah. So I would say to people who are interested, you know, if you feel called, just know that, you know, you might feel a little lost when you're in school, but if you know your end goal is to do this kind of thing, there's a lot of trainings you can do along the way and set yourself up so that you can do kind of clinical experiences in this field, which is what I did along the way. Cool. What's, uh, what's your least favorite thing about this field? Well, I mean, I, my least favorite thing in medicine, I think, would be just that we're in a model where profit is what decides the care people get. And so people aren't able to access the care that actually helps right. them. You know, it's like, it's disgusting, really. I mean, it's really criminal. Like, the amount that people have to pay for medications and the fact that, like, people can't get insurance, you know? Yeah. Like, that just doesn't happen anywhere else. No. That's my least favorite part. Yeah, we don't, sure. we don't do a great job taking care of our, I would say, our elderly. But most, oh, my gosh. And most anybody, really, that yeah. in the healthcare system really is is pretty well screwed if you ask oh it's me. awful yeah and uh you know you and i've talked about that about how like just just getting in somewhere or getting somebody to call you back yeah. or um or even being able to tell you like how much something's going to cost they don't know totally they don't know oh i know they yeah just just send the bill just just send the yep. bill you know and you get a bill you open it like oh and insurance today is, uh, you know, everybody's got a five, six, eight, ten thousand dollar deductible. And oh my God, I'm for... like, I'm like, if people would really just think about how much they pay in their monthly premium, out of pocket costs, and their deductible, what they pay in one year versus what they would pay in taxes, because people hate that word. I get it, like I do get it, but you would pay way less, and our system would be so much healthier that it would cost way less to deliver care. And that's why all those other countries are a million times healthier. Yeah. People want to blame it on a million other things. And it's like, no, they do prevention. They do wellness. They do breastfeeding. They do early life care way better. And that is going to set the stage for health markers, you know, yeah. throughout life. Yeah. It's a, and it gets into politics. And oh, totally. I know. And that's the problem. That. Just, you know, we won't go there, but. Yeah. So <laughs> I wanted to ask you this question too. So, and we've talked a little bit about this, but so you're, you know, holistic background so i would say okay what is she going to be a fan of nutritionally like and i would say i bet she likes paleo 
Uh, so what, you know, if you were going to... Guilty. Right. Uh, how do you eat and how do you oh. recommend people eat and, uh, you know, based on your background or how you roll? Yeah, I love this question because um, before I was in medicine, I cooked and I was very passionate about mm -hmm. culinary arts, like very passionate. So the two worlds together, my favorite. Okay, so to back up, I actually really feel strongly about meeting people where they're at. So I work with a lot of people where when I first meet them, I might suggest dietary changes and they're not able to do that and that's okay. Yeah. I have people who it takes them a year or two to start to implement dietary changes and I will support them along the way, whatever it takes to get there and if all they can change is one little thing, that's fine. So I don't use like a cookie cutter thing, but I would say overall, if I could recommend the healthiest way to eat, I would say probably it would be... I don't know. Everyone's different. So some people feel good eating meat. Some people don't. Eat real food. Eat real food. Like that's a thing. Not processed crap. Mm. So in my house, um, my middle daughter, not only is she celiac, so no gluten, but she's also vegan by choice. And that's kind of how I eat anyway. That's how I feel best. I don't assume everyone else is going to feel good. But the question is, do you feel good, right? Do you right. have energy during the day? Are you pooping once a day? Yeah. You know? Are you comfortable when you poop? Are you sleeping well? Are you feeling balanced emotionally? If those things are off, then it's entirely possible that dietary stuff is playing into that. The biggest players, the biggest kind of troublemakers usually are gluten, dairy, sugar, um, sometimes corn, sometimes soy. Those are a little more iffy. But I personally, I don't eat dairy. I don't eat gluten. Um, once in a while I will like so I say that as the like typical but like I will once in a while eat stuff and I might feel it the next day but I'm like YOLO you know like you know the cost right yeah, yeah. and sometimes it's worth it um, you know my daughter if she ate gluten that would be a different story it would really throw her off a lot yeah. worse I feel lucky that I can cheat I don't think of it like that but I can kind of do that if I want but that I feel really really well balanced personally it's how like my whole house eats for the most part Cool. A lot of vegetables. Um, if we're eating meat, it's you know farm raised or no antibiotics. Um, you know what else is the thing that bugs me is it's expensive to eat well, to eat right. It can be, you know? yeah, for sure. Um, you can go to the dollar menu and yeah, you know, I'll get about anything you want for a buck. Agreed. And it's trash, but agreed. Um, no, you're right, and that is a real piece of it. And I think that when we whitewash over that and don't acknowledge that it can be more expensive and it can be a lot more effort. Like again, I could recommend all day long stuff to people but it might not be realistic for them. Right, if you're gonna go get Ezekiel bread and you're gonna get almond milk and then you go over to this aisle and grab the, the almond butter yeah. for 11 bucks. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, Jesus totally. Christ. Totally. Okay, I'll get it. They say I should eat it. Yeah. I'll get it, put that in the cart and go up to the counter and, and then the, the checker says, wow, you eat really healthy. Like, yeah. Yeah, right. I just shopped around the perimeter yeah. of the store. Uh, I won't buy groceries again for a year. <laughs> yeah, that'll be three hundred and sixty bucks, whatever. Yeah. And you know that to me, that's we're doing our people a disservice because we, we, you know, I say we as a as a nation, we're making it hard to eat right. You know? No, and I won't like it too, like you know, far off. But part of that again is like government subsidies for things like corn and soy. Those things are super, super, super cheap. So corn syrup and everything yep. and soy at the base of like all this stuff, it makes it cheaper. So those crappier foods are more accessible. There are ways I think, of course it's going to be more expensive than like the dollar menu. And I really respect that there are a lot of people that that is just as much as they can do. Yeah. Understood. And we can still find ways to mm -hmm. even make healthier choices within that. But you know, Rice isn't that expensive, you know, if you're using rice as a, as a carb in your, you know, in your cooking sure. fresh veggies or even frozen veggies, yep. you know, 
and you know the meat might be a little more expensive yep. but i think there are ways and then of course overall yes it's going to be more expensive but how much are you going to pay for out-of-pocket diabetes meds and how much are you going to pay for Good all point. your specialist visits if you're eating like crap your yeah. painful muscles all the crap you're going to put in your body to you know like there are huge trade-offs that i don't know that people always see the connection with it's like i, I just to talk to people and i coach them on running and triathlon like they'd run their They'd wear a pair of shoes for a thousand miles just to save 80 bucks for not get a new pair of shoes because they'd be the same people that would be in seeing the physical therapist for totally. lower leg injuries and foot which stuff. you know insurance probably isn't going to cover so no, no. <laughs> we're Spe back to insurance speaking of insurance do you accept insurance for payment so i don't i don't accept insurance for payment the biggest reason is that a they probably won't cover like a lot of what i do but b i would have to hire a single human to follow right. up because the insurance companies intentionally make it very, very difficult to get paid. So yeah. you have to hound them. You have to resubmit. What I do offer is I provide super bills and I provide the coding that people need so they can submit it. And a lot of times when people are able to jump through those hoops, they do get reimbursement. I think that the, I, I see this going that way a lot. Like I have three or four friends that are in physical therapy. Some have been on, I don't know if I've had anybody on this, on the podcast, but I see it going private pay. I've seen yeah. people leave physical therapy practices yeah. and have very successful private pay yeah. businesses. And, I, and people would say, that's never going to work. I know. It's never going to work. But you know what? When my back hurt and I needed to go see Noah, yep. I didn't care what it cost. Totally. And he took care of me and I wrote him a check and I don't, you know, I'm not submitting that because I don't want to deal with the insurance company either. I know, either. it's you know? such so, a pain. Unfortunately, it goes right where everything else goes, which is to the consumer or the end user, but at least you're not having to wade through that crap. I mean, I would, you know, I literally wouldn't be able to. And I do take it very, very seriously, the value of what I offer. Like, I'm yeah. a wicked, like, penny pincher kind of person. And so it really does matter a lot to me yeah. that what I'm doing with people gives them noticeable results they feel better and it's worth the money they're spending because i do not take that for granted that yeah. people are paying out of pocket yeah. and i try to offer ways for people to break down cost i try to offer discounts like through the supplement site i use sure. i give people a big discount on that so i do try to like you know make it as um accessible as possible and i've noticed too where you don't have like some people are in you know they're in this business but they're like hey and check out this and yeah. hey you need this and you I need know. that you're more like this might help you or not, um, yeah. but if you want to try it, great. So um, I think that adds to your credibility. You I know. appreciate that. In the functional medicine world, in the regenerative medicine world, there's definitely a subset of people who are a little more salesy with things. Um, that's not really my jam, but I, if I believe in something sure. and it's something that I think could really help, I will speak to that. But I also know that like, I try to have a range of like, this peptide is pricey. It could really help. If that's not realistic, we can try this, this, or this. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, this has been cool. Um, hey, I've been wanting yeah. to do this, and it's been good it's to so catch good. up with you. I'll ask you another question. <laughs> all right. Um, so, if somebody's watching this, and they're, you know, like, feeling like when I said, hey, I just feel like crap, or at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, my chin's on my chest, I can't. i got to lay down beside my desk to take a nap. Uh, if someone's struggling, what would you say to them? Where do they start? Yeah, I think um, you can exhaust yourself trying to look stuff up online because one symptom of fatigue in the afternoon could come from a multitude of things. Mm -hmm. And it probably is coming from more than one thing. So if you just Google like fatigue in the afternoon, you're going to get like a million things you're going to read. You're going to buy a bunch of supplements that probably aren't going to do as much as you want so them to. So WebMD isn't the answer to everything? 
can be a helpful <laughs> guide, but yeah. no. Yeah. Um, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I do think if you've been struggling and trying to figure that out, it is helpful to work with someone who can, again, be kind of methodical walking through it and peel away all the layers. Mm -hmm. And it's usually that it is more than one thing. Yeah. I do personally find when I do labs, the labs I do, I pick for a reason. And they're the most common things that I think can cause issues. And then if we need to delve deeper and we need to look at other labs, we can do that. But I try to, again, be really kind of efficient with what we're doing. So ruling out anemia, ruling out thyroid stuff, looking at blood sugar and cholesterol. Hormones are huge. They're missed all the time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, when they come in and they tell me what's going on, I, I usually can have a sense. But that's why the health story with the numbers together give us the absolute best way to figure out what's going on. That's cool. One more question. Right. I didn't prep you for this one. What's your definition of health and wellness? Ooh, that's a really good question. Health and wellness. Um, I feel like that obviously can look different for a lot of people, but it does come down to the foundations for me. Like when you wake up in the morning, do you feel good? Are you able to sustain energy through the day? Do you feel fulfilled? Mm -hmm. Happy is a little bit of a loaded term, so I think fulfillment, you know, is a better option. Are you sleeping well? Are you pooping? Do you have good energy? Do you feel fulfilled? You know, those are right. kind of a pretty good foundation to go from. And if and if those things are off, it's usually showing up in other ways like, you know, mood or intimate relationships or, um, you know, day-to-day -day function and not being able to do the things you want to do. So Yeah. For me, I think it was a, a, like, I, what I first noticed was just lack of focus. I'd be like, yeah, totally. squirrel, you know, yeah. or just have a bunch of really important stuff to do and like not be able to sit down and do it, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm such a procrastinator. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe, but maybe not, you know, because right. when I feel good, I'm, I'm a freaking baller, totally. you know, I'm just going, totally. I'm a going machine. So interesting to try to dive into that stuff and, and I'm enjoying trying to figure it out with you. So yeah. thank you. And uh, this has been away. great. I, I, I know, really appreciate so you sitting down thank with you. us. Um, how do people get a hold of you? I know, I know oh, that yeah. you're, you're Allison Gray. Mm-hmm. North Star Holistic Medicine. Yes. You're here at 253 Main Street in Yarmouth. So yep. pretty local to most people in the Portland area. Yep. Can I give and you I offer telemedicine um, as well. Uh, so that's an option if, you know, distance is a problem. Do you mind if I share your phone number? Not at all. Go right ahead. So she's at 207-618-7211. And it's allison at northstarholisticmedicine.com. If you want to email her, um, yep. I can, you can tell you. Go ahead. You can go to the website to www northstarholisticmedicine.com and on that website it talks a lot about what I offer and also um, there's a contact us button up at the top and that's a real easy way to get through. Cool. Well thanks. Uh, guys yeah. again uh, ordinary people doing extraordinary mm -hmm. things. Uh, we're on a roll here. We're back at it. Mitchell's behind the camera. He's with Powers Promotions. High five uh, we're not going to make you listen to a bunch of advertisements <laughs> but I uh, try to get him some play. Mitchell just wrote a nice blog. Check it out on his site. Um, and I own and operate Turner Builders and uh, a, a shameless plug. We're looking for subcontractors all the time, particularly framers right now. So if you know someone that, that wants to get out there and, uh, and pound some nails, so to speak, I would <laughs> love stress relief. I would love to talk to them. We've got a couple of great projects going on in Cape Elizabeth and we'll be back next week podcast. And again, this is kind of a sideline, call it a distraction, call it what you want, call it mowing my lawn while my house is on fire. But we're having a good time and meeting a lot of great people. But you so. feel fulfilled doing it. Exactly. So thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank and we'll you. see you guys next week. Take care.